0: In the footsteps of Jesus, from down under. This is Nick Gritta, your host. And thank you for tuning in again. Today is the second part uh, with uh, Jim Ballantine. Hi, Jim. How are you, Nick? How are you today? I'm
1: very well. And you?
0: Very happy to have you again with us and to continue your story, because last time we ran out of time, but we decided to come again and and share with our listeners uh, your story, because I've been impressed last week uh, with with your sharing, and uh, now I learned a few more things about you. Uh, I know that you are a very passionate man to... Uh, share the good news, the gospel, mm. with many people, because uh, at some stage in your life you experience, uh, um, you know, the bottom. You know, you experience. The, now, you uh, last time, I'm. Uh, you mentioned that we are all ministers. Exactly, and, and I think, are, and yeah. I think that's so appropriate to mm. say that because too many times we just uh, rely on uh, on qualified people. Let's put it this way, you know, and <laughs> and thinking, oh, does their job to do let's the pastors or the teachers or the Mm. you know but actually we are children of god we are called for a purpose you know in this world and uh, jesus sent the 12 disciples and many more to to share the good news with those people who are in need with those people who may not know so much about our lord jesus christ
1: yeah, this is very true. And
0: here you are again uh, with us today and I'm looking forward to to see what you have in store
1: for us. <laughs> uh, well, I can only share with you Nick what God had in store for me and uh he certainly uh, has had a very full life in store for me uh so much that uh, so much to say and so little time to uh to tell it all in. Um it's it's quite uh Unbelievable to me that we live in a, a time when a lot of people say that they don't see miracles anymore or that they, they they think that God isn't active in the world the way the Bible described him as being at one time. But the truth of the matter is God's very active in all of our lives if we're willing to stop and listen and see what plans he has for us. And uh, that's one of the big things that I've learned uh, throughout my uh, time as a Christian, uh, sometimes we can run ahead of God and even as Christians, we can forget that he's there sometimes. We think we're running our own race, but he uh, He likes to run the race with us and he likes to actually even guide us in the right directions to get to that finish line successfully. So uh, yeah, he can uh, plan out some great things for us, but we have to stop and listen to find out what those plans might be. Hmm. But I think everyone, as you've reminded me of one of the things I said last week, every one of us is definitely a minister. Uh, I, I view Christianity a bit like an orchestra. There are theologians, there are ministers, and there are lay people, there are people from all walks of life. doesn't matter, men, women, children even, uh, all can have experiences with God, great experiences. And, and I think that when that orchestra comes together, Great things begin to really happen when when God gets to conduct mm. that orchestra. I guess taking up from uh, uh, where I left off last week uh, in in my particular story, you know, there were so many uh, times when I wondered if there was a God, and uh, as I began to uh, focus on the issue of does God exist or doesn't he exist, what part does he play in our lives, I began to realize that uh, if we're willing to listen to God and what he actually has to say to us, he can guide us in areas or, or in, in on roads, if you like, in, in roadways of life that we never ever thought we would take. And uh, for me, you know, uh, as I said last time, I was uh, living a very wild life and I thought that was all there was to life until I discovered that uh, perhaps there is a God and this God may have plans for me. And of course, once I, uh, I began to, uh, to listen to God and follow the, uh, the road that he was uh, uh, leading me down, uh, I began to realize that life was far more, there was far more to life than what I thought there was. Mm. Uh, I began to realize that life wasn't all about me and where I'm going and what I want to do. Um, You can be a very uh, egocentric kind of a person when you don't have God in your life because you can think that everything only exists for yourself. And uh, that was the big wake-up call for me. I began to realize that there are a lot of other people in my life, and every action that I, I commit in life, everything that I do, will affect someone else, either positively or negatively. And uh, up to meeting Christ, uh, my effects on other people, I believe, had been very negative. And so uh, it, it was actually a joy to actually be led by the Holy Spirit and to begin to realize that I could have a positive effect on people rather than a very negative effect. Uh, That's not to say that I'm a person who's always highly positive and will always do good things with other people. I'm like everyone else in this world, and we all rely on God to lead and guide us, but sometimes we don't always get it right. But uh, for me, I just thought God's way is a good way, and if I can influence other people that way... That would be a great thing for their lives as well. And uh, even being able to come here and share perhaps the ups and the downs of life, uh, my life, um, I'm hoping that people who are perhaps uh, not having such a good time of life right now might be able to realize that, uh, yes, you can get on that roller coaster and sometimes it takes you a long way down before it brings you back up. Uh, It's a bit like that in life but it's great to know that uh when god is with you you can you can deal with any situation that comes up it doesn't matter whether you're going through the worst time of your life or the highest and best times of your life when god is there nothing's impossible and we always have a friend that we can trust and rely on i found this uh to be the case in a lot of areas of my life and uh after uh, finally giving my heart to the lord and becoming a christian uh I thought everything would be all uh, peaches and cream. It would be a fantastic life after that and, and things would be good once uh, once I got on top of uh, learning a little bit more about God. But what I actually found was that the challenges and the changes that were beginning to happen in my life, uh, as I said, they affect other people. And in, in my situation, uh, I was married at the time and uh, my wife at the time, wasn't someone who wanted to become a christian mm. and she didn't want me to become a christian she wasn't happy with the way that i was she wasn't um, keen for me to uh, continue down the road of using a lot of uh, alcohol and drugs and uh, and sometimes staying away from her from weeks on end but at the same time she didn't like where i was going as a christian she felt that uh, couldn't I just find some middle ground somewhere and uh, and just level out like everyone else? But I've I've probably never been a person who can actually just lead a fairly mediocre life. <laughs> I think uh, life is a challenge, and uh, and and sometimes I like to even challenge life. Uh, and these days I like to do it when I'm following God because mm. I know that the outcomes are generally positive. Uh, In those days, they weren't always positive. But uh, my uh, poor wife at the time thought she I'd gone from from being the black sheep of the family to uh, something so heavenly she couldn't communicate with anymore. That was her view of it, I think. Um, And it was a rather unfortunate thing, but I remember she came to my baptism when I was uh, uh, finally baptized Mm. in the church, and it was the one and only time I managed to get her to come to church and I thought that when she saw the baptism and she saw that my commitment was real, that that might change something in her. And uh, we came to the end of that service and a few people were uh, coming up to me and uh, and and praising God and very thankful that I'd made my decision to follow the Lord. And when my uh, now ex-wife came up to see me, she, uh, she told me that uh, this was the beginning of my new life with Christ and the end of my life with her. And uh, so that pretty much uh, sealed that. But unfortunately for her and probably fortunately, for well, not fortunately at the time, no one likes a marriage mm, breakup, mm. but uh, uh, I could not give God up. I'd found God and uh, I couldn't walk away from him. Uh, I just knew that he was real and I knew that he was the the source of all things good in life. And I knew that he's he was the core of everything that was important. So, unfortunately, there was nothing that could make me let go of him uh, at that time, and nor has since. Although there have been things that have tried. Mm-hmm. And so, after that, uh, that marriage broke up uh, quite sadly, um, and I had children from the marriage too, who were affected by the whole thing, which uh, uh, wasn't a good thing for kids to mm. go through. I went through a period of uh, a bit of depression you know even though i knew i'd made the right decision to stay with god i still was upset about the fact the marriage had broken up and uh, after a couple of months of that a friend of mine suggested to me that uh, i come with him on a uh, on a trip to fix up one of our mission schools in western australia Carolundi aboriginal mission and it was during the summer school holidays and he was an electrician so he said to me look you know brighten things up a bit Let's get in the car and we'll head up to Karalundi and we'll stay there for about a week and a half, I think it was. And we were getting towards the end of our stay up there and I was asking God why it was that these things seemed to happen. You know, why do marriages fail? Why do families break up? And uh, it was at that time that uh, I, I also felt quite lonely because I didn't feel that God was right there with me as he had been at other times, I began to wonder if maybe I had made the wrong decision and perhaps God had even decided to, as a new Christian, I thought, maybe he's left me, maybe he's decided this isn't the right thing Mm. for me. Um, And I questioned this for a number of weeks before going up to Carolundi and when I got up there at this time, I thought, well, uh, this is one of those times, Lord, where I need to talk to you and I need to hear you. And so I remember getting up one morning. Uh, the forecast for the day was about 42 degrees outside. Uh, I got up just before the sun came up. It was still dark. And I had been praying through the night and asking the Lord to, uh, to give me some kind of answer, that he was still there, he still cared for me, that I was, you know, uh, doing the right thing by following him. I set off that morning and I promised myself that I would keep walking until God talked to me. Mm. And if God didn't talk to me, I would be walking in the desert until I dropped. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you get a, I'm a little bit that way. Life, I'm, I'm very much a the kind of person who uh, I, I need to hear. I need to see. I'm a, I'm a visual person. I'm an audible kind of person. I like mm. to hear and know what's going on. I don't like guessing. And God's never really left me guessing, um, to be honest. And that's one of the great miracles of life for me. I think that God has, has given me solid answers that I've normally always been able to rely on. And this time I was getting nothing. And I walked out there into the desert and, you know, it's Karolundi. There's a main road that runs a kilometre or so away from the mission. And, uh, I'm thinking I'm going to go out there and walk until I drop but I know where the road is and I thought I'll just keep the road to the left of me and I was walking south and I thought yep and the, the sun's coming up in the east so I can see where I am roughly in terms of things and I did walk and I prayed a lot and around about midday I began to realize that I must have been walking in a big curve and I, I couldn't quite see where the road was anymore. I couldn't tell which way the sun was going because it was directly above me. And I began to get worried. And uh, it's funny how if you play a bit of a testing game with God, Mm -hmm. he'll come back and test you as well and see just how (laughs) serious you are about things. And uh, after an hour or so, I began to realize that, okay, I, I need to just keep this in God's hands. I need to just do what I said and set out and wait until I hear what God has to say. It took me around about seven or eight hours of walking around in 42 degree heat that day with no shade and no hat, nothing on me, until I realised that not only had I been walking in a bit of a curve, but around about uh, probably close to six o'clock that evening, I saw what looked like a homestead in front of me. And there were uh, um, some gravel roads. And uh, in the distance, there were some sheds and some buildings and so as I moved closer, I realized that I had walked in a huge big circle and gone all the way around, probably walked around about 25 kilometers through the day mm. and had been brought back to the back entrance of Carolundi Aboriginal Mission. All right. <laughs> now, uh, I was very disappointed and I was quite upset and very angry that God hadn't spoken to me in the whole day And yet he just brought me back to where I started. And it seemed like this whole effort was a total waste of time. And so uh, as I was coming in the back way, anyone who knows Carolundi Aboriginal Mission will know there's uh, some old caravans and things out the back, some old cars that have been, you know, no longer in use. And in my curiosity of walking back and a bit of disappointment, I thought, there's a big caravan over there, a huge big caravan, three rooms. So I'm going to go and have a look in that before I head back into the camp and uh, as I walked into the front door of this caravan the windows were all knocked out there was paper, newspapers, strewn all over the floors um, it was almost uh, knee deep in papers and I walked through the front room and then into the middle room of the caravan and as I walked down to the very back of the caravan I was just about to give up and walk away when I saw one tiny little piece of blank paper lying on top of all the other newspapers on the floor And I thought to myself, pick it up, have a look at it, you know. I mean, why would you? Why would you bother? But uh, it was just rubbish in among all the other rubbish, one other bit of paper among tens of thousands of bits of torn up paper. But I picked it up, and it had some words written on it. And when I read those words, it was a Bible verse. Hmm. And I'd been asking God all day to let me know that he cared about me, that he was still there. And that Bible was 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, and it said, Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. And I thought to myself... I walked all that time and I could have just walked around here to the caravan and found out how God feels about me and how much he cares about me. And that was a strong moment for me because, again, these are the things that I see. They may be small things to other people, but to me, this shows the power of God to be able to speak to us in the simplest and the quietest and easiest of ways. And if we're just prepared to listen, we can learn so much from him. We can be so assured by him. I would like to just have a short break and uh, right now
0: I have a song prepared for you and that song is uh, called A Living Sermon. Let's listen to that song with Gavin Chetelier and we'll be back in a minute. Mm -hmm.
2: Let me be a living sermon for thee Some people would rather see than hear one With a smile on my face And my place in the sun Doing the things in this world you want done Seven days of the week Let my every action speak Louder than anything I could say With God as my guide And my eyes to the sky Lord, let me be A living sermon for Thee Let me be an instrument of peace Sharing your love with others And where there is strife Lord, use my life Grant me your wisdom To know how to help my brothers Not for worldly acclaim Personal gain Just for the peace You've given For those who would be greatest Are those who are least Lord, let me be A living sermon for Thee Let me be a living sermon for Thee.
0: Welcome back. This is In the Footsteps of Jesus from Down Under. And this is your host, Nick Rita, with Jim Ballantyne. Jim I enjoy so much, you know, your story so far and I couldn't even uh, uh, intervene, you know, and stop you there. But look, I just, we have this short break and I what a wonderful song, actually, to...
1: work very well, not To it? be a,
0: a living... <laughs> Uh, sermon Mm. you know for God and and, you know sometimes we expect that if we decided to follow God that everything will go smoothly it will go nicely Mm. but as you just Mm. starting I mean sharing with us you know uh, that's not the case Mm. but the good thing is that God never leaves us exactly
1: that's exactly it Okay, now you
0: are in the, in Australia, in the middle of nowhere, to say Mm -hmm. so, in the desert, challenging God, Mm -hmm. because you want some answer from him, Yeah, you're walking alone yourself in the desert in a hot day, and uh, God didn't answer as you wanted. Exactly, that's right. That's what happens sometimes. He brought you back to that mission in Karalandi, (laughs) and you are reading that uh, small article there with the Bible verse. Yes. What was going into your mind after that?
1: Well, to be honest with you, uh, Nick, as I was uh, standing in that caravan and reading that Bible verse, um, uh, it was it was kind of a very mixed emotions. On the one hand, I thought, why am I not able to just be still and listen to God when he wants to talk to me? It's almost like I have to create some drama and, uh, and go looking for God and God better come to me on my terms um, or I'm not going to be happy. And I... I think that day, that was it. I, I had reached a point where I thought, I, I want God to give me an answer, to help me to be able to uh, hear him, to follow him, to know what he wants from me. Um, God doesn't just lay it all out in front of us often. Sometimes he knows we've got a life ahead of us, and in that life, it's a learning A learning curve for all people, especially for new Christians coming to know God. Um, We learn how to relate to him. Um, But that particular day, I think what God showed me was, yes, we could have had a big drama, a big showdown, and God could have shown me how much he loves me out there in the desert somehow and some other way. Uh, But I think what he was teaching me is that if I would just listen to him instead of saying I can't hear his voice and running after a voice somewhere out there in the wilderness. Um, I, I could have had a much easier day. Mm. Um, for me that day, though, when I picked up that piece of paper and I read those words uh, from uh, uh, 1 Peter 5, 7, um, and it had become a very favorite Bible verse of mine always, including the verses before it and after it, which talk about being aware that there is an enemy out there who will pursue us and we need to have our lives in very close communion with God. Um it, it was When I read that verse that day, I have to admit that as a grown man, even a young man, but a grown man, I stood there in the caravan and I just burst into tears. Mm. Uh, I couldn't believe that uh, God was never gone from me. Uh, at the beginning of that day, I thought he'd had gone, but uh, at the end of the day, I realized he, he never leaves us. He never leaves us alone. As you mentioned, uh, life has ups and downs. Uh, Christians are not immune from challenges and from things that go wrong in life uh, sometimes we can even cause the things that go wrong mm. um, but we have a God that we can turn to a God that we can talk to that we can rely on who is willing to always be with us I mean when Jesus was talking to his disciples uh, and reassuring them when he just before he left he, he said I will never leave you mm. I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. And he was talking there about uh, every Christian, not just his disciples. Yes. God never leaves us. And I think if you can understand that and have a relationship where you realize that everything in life includes God, whatever happens, even through the lonely times, mm. through the hard times, you know that you're never alone in the world. And, even and if for
0: some time, you know, the love ones may uh, uh, disappoint you, may uh, leave you, you know. Yeah. And it's hard when the challenges comes from the loved mm. ones, you know. I mean, in your case, you know, you, you, you couldn't get your wife around, you know, to, uh, to walk on the same yeah. path with you, uh, mm-hmm. but you chose to um, stick with God.
1: Yeah, well, these are the, this is the thing God, God offers all of us opportunities, not only one but quite a number of opportunities in life. And uh, anyone out there who's ever refused to follow the Lord, don't think you never can. Um, My wife felt at that time that she had had one chance to come to God and she had stood at one stage and was almost ready to walk down to the front of a church when there had been a call from a minister uh, for people who wanted to give their hearts to the Lord. And at the last minute she backed out And she always told me that was her one and only chance and it was gone. Um, I could never convince her otherwise. But God never just gives us one shot. Mm. And if we've knocked it back in the past and we regret doing that, we have every every opportunity now to come to God and, and to give our hearts to him again. And that's the good thing about God. Even when we get it wrong, whether we're Christians or non-Christians. The only difference between Christians and non-Christians for me is that Christians have found someone who answers all the questions of life, someone who is a great guide and a wonderful saviour. Uh, Non-Christians haven't quite found that yet, but there's time. Uh, time is running out. It's not always going to be here. We need to choose, but while we have the, t- the chance, we should take the chance and choose to turn to God because he offers so much more than what the world offers. Mm. Um, and only when you take him by faith, only when you go his way will you discover that. You can't find it standing outside of God's love. You have to take that leap of faith and come into his love in order mm. to see just how good God really is
0: yeah that's so good mm. Jim time is, it's it's uh, going very fast again uh, uh, but we are so happy to be able to come together again for mm. the second mm. part of your uh, walk with Jesus I know that this <laughs> doesn't end here no, and you no. can share so many other stories oh. and, and um, it test- never ends Nick <laughs> I know and it's really good I mean each yeah. one of us we should have that Passion you know yeah, yeah. for God, because god yes. will will walk with us and will mm-hmm. be with mm-hmm. us in into the uh, valleys and on the exactly. top of the mountains you know yep. will be with us. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you to oh, get to know Clark, you a bit now, it? and uh, uh, I hope that uh, yeah God will uh, still use you in mighty way to reach out to many other people uh, who may need that encouragement mm, mm. Um, thank you for being with us uh, and thank I you. wish you all the best God's blessings for you and your family now you haven't got uh, time to tell us that you have a wonderful family <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> may <another> be, <laughs> that may be the case for, yeah, for another program yeah. Uh, but until then, mm. I wish you all the best. You too. And, um, God bless you. Yeah. God bless you too. Thank you very much. And um, to our listeners, I would like to say that uh, if you enjoy this program, please don't hesitate and contact us. Mm. You have all the details uh, at the beginning of the program, at the end of the program. And I can even now give my phone number uh, and I'm more than happy to to answer and if you have any anything to say my phone number is zero four zero one three zero five zero double seven and this is Nick Krita with in the footsteps of Jesus.